0: By, by looking first of all at Genesis and chapter 18. And the Lord appeared to him, meaning Abraham in this context, by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree, while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves, and that after that, uh, you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So this topic of, of hospitality, um, it's, it's a good way to, to achieve both, to, to both love God and to love others. It's probably a term that we're we're familiar with in the sense of the world, Uh, but today we're going to look at a number of different things. So, first of all, why are we talking about hospitality? Um, What what does God have to say about it? What what is it? And particularly for those of us who believe and and follow Jesus Christ, what does it mean to show hospitality? What is the basis on which we can we can give and show hospitality? and then some, some of the, the benefits uh, for ourselves and for others uh, in, in this, uh, this topic of hospitality. Um, one thing to, to, to bear in mind, so think about yourself individually, think about groups that you're involved in, family, friends, also think about our church as a whole. Um, I, 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 it's good to, to consider both, both how we individually express hospitality and how we as a church express hospitality to to guests and and strangers who come to us. So um, in case with my my goldfish memory I forget to mention both, just keep both in mind. Uh, But before we we go further, um, let's just for a moment uh, give this time to God and um, pray that uh, he will open our hearts. Father, I I thank you for um, the chance to, to come in your presence now and to see what you say in your word, Lord, about loving you with all our heart, Lord, and about loving our neighbour as ourselves, Lord, I, I pray that um, you will open our hearts and you will open my mouth to say what you have to say to us uh, individually and what you have to say to us as a church. Lord, I pray for hearts that are full of love for strangers, Lord, for hearts that are just giving in in, in hospitality. Lord, I, I, I pray that... Um, This may be something which isn't just special occasions, Lord, but can become part of our our life and part of our our walk with you. Lord, I I thank you for putting us where we are, Lord. I thank you for putting each of us in the circumstances where we we find ourselves, with our friends, with our colleagues, with our our church. And I pray that you will just teach us how to pursue your heart, Lord, and how um, how to both love each other as christian brothers and sisters lord and how to to show the world your heart and your love through this means of of, of hospitality and i i pray these things in your name amen so um so first of all maybe it's good to th- to, to look at why 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 am i even talking about hospitality um So the Bible tells us, John chapter 14 says at least three times, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Um, And when Jesus says that, it's not in a a kind of worldly sense that we might think of, like, oh, if you love me, then you'd actually do something for me. Um, We have been redeemed. We have been set free from sin. We've been set free so that we can be sanctified, so that we can be the people who God created us to be, and so that ultimately we can be with God in eternity. So following what what Jesus says, it's not a a legalistic thing. Um, He's saying, follow me, follow my leadership, because through following Jesus, uh, we will grow, we will become more like the Father, and we will express the Father's heart to other people. Psalm chapter 1 talks about a man or a woman who's, Really blessed. He says this He says, His delight is on the law of the Lord. On His law, He meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, uh, and whatever He does, it prospers. Um, Do you want to be like that? Do you want to be like a a tree in living waters, yielding fruit, growing, secure, stable in Christ? then, let's follow him and, and follow what he tells us to do. So how does that relate to, uh, to hospitality? The Bible... We go back one, yeah. Um, through the, uh, the words of, of the, the, the epistles, through the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that this thing called hospitality... Is important. It's important to, to God. 1 Peter 4 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling as part of, um, of sharing our love. Romans, contribute to the needs of the saints, seek to show hospitality. Hebrews, um, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. This passage in Genesis, it was clear, that these three men who came to visit Abraham, it it was the Lord and it was angels. And it's not the only example in the Old Testament. We have uh, Lot, uh, Elisha. Um, You you, you only need to go and look and realize that actually maybe it's not so uncommon that um, people who may seem like strangers to us are actually angels. Um, Apart from these verses, Scripture goes on. So, So Timothy and Titus, they actually list hospitality as part of the qualifications for elders and deacons in a church it's especially important that they have a heart and an ability to to show hospitality Um, so the motivation to show hospitality is that we want to follow what, what Jesus commands where he leads us and Jesus tells us we should be a people who show hospitality so What does that mean? Maybe when when I say hospitality, maybe different things come to mind. So maybe you think of um, like somebody arranging a dinner party and cleaning their house and and cooking some great food that that looks really good and tastes really good. Um, Maybe you think of uh, people coming to stay. Maybe you think of that. There's a thing called the hospitality industry, which is kind of basically restaurants and and hotels and things like that. Um, And I guess... Things like inviting people to dinner, that, that, that could be part of hospitality. Um, I would classify that for a moment as maybe something I would call entertainment. Um, uh, entertaining people, I mean. And that could be part of, of biblical hospitality, but in the Bible it goes much deeper. So what is it? Well, I, I, I started out looking in the Oxford English Dictionary. So the Oxford English Dictionary defines hospitality as the reception and entertainment of guests visitors or strangers, with liberality and goodwill. Maybe that's a a good starting point. Um, I then went on to think about it myself, and and here is, um, I I couldn't quite locate where in the Bible, but here's Tom's definition of of hospitality. So um, Tom's definition of hospitality is somewhere where generosity, love, and practical service intersect. So generosity, um, having open hands with the the good things that God has given us, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Love, not meaning love as a feeling, so so not meaning show hospitality with with feeling, but meaning love as a decision um, to serve and put others before ourselves in our lives, and of course, ultimately, to put God uh, first uh, in our lives. And also practical service, so it means doing something practically. Um, And when those three intersect, maybe that's what we could call hospitality. Um, So maybe you you, you might be sitting and thinking, for some people, it's really easy to invite people. Maybe some of us live in a a single room. Maybe some of us are not very outgoing. Um, But let's all think of circumstances in which we can combine those three things, generosity, love, and service, in a way that is inviting and includes. But then that's... That's kind of my thinking on that. What, what, what does the Bible say? Um, so in those three verses that I put on the screen, um, it, it's actually interesting to, to look in the original language. And in the original language, in Greek, the word hospitality, specifically that word, is the word which is on the screen, which is, uh, I don't know about the Greek letters, but it's uh, phyloxenoi, if, if I pronounce that correctly. Um, So taking the second half of that word, xenoi is a Greek word which refers to strangers or foreigners. You're you're probably familiar with a Greek word that that crops up more often in English, and that is xenophobia, which technically speaking is is the fear of strangers. But often xenophobia is used to refer to people who may fear strangers or people who may be prejudiced against strangers, who, who try and keep within set groups. But this word is philo xenia, and, and philo is the opposite of phobia. Philo is to like and, and to love strangers. So, if we were to read these verses in the, the, the Greek version of the Bible, maybe what we should see coming across a little bit more is offer love to strangers without grumbling. Uh, contribute to the need of the saints and show love for those who don't know, for strangers. Um, I, I guess Hebrews makes it more obvious, so do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. So the Bible is, is highlighting that this is, this is not about um, only focusing on the, the group of people who we know. It's not about only showing love within the circles that we have, but both individually and as a church. This is about how we take care of uh, those that are strangers, in a in a way that combines generosity, love, and service. So, what are some other differences? I guess even even the world um, is is sometimes able to to serve others. But what are some other differences in the Bible? Well, in Luke, Jesus had something quite interesting to say, and just for a moment, I will take a verse in Luke, slightly out of context, and quote it, uh, which we should never do, and then I'll put it back into context again. So in, in, in Luke 14, Jesus says this, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return, and you will be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor the crippled and the lame, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So, I I said I I took this a little bit out of context, so first things first, um, Jesus does not mean here, don't invite your mum to dinner, uh, or or your friends or anywhere else. Don't go home and say, hey mom, sorry, I I read today, Jesus told me not, not to invite you. Um, the Bible is very clear that uh, God puts our family around us. 1 Timothy 5 says anyone who does not provide for his relatives and especially members of his household has denied the faith. And God provides us with, with friends. Um, so that, that's not what this, this verse is saying. But you notice at the beginning at the beginning of, of verse 12, Jesus says something to the man who'd invited him. So that the circumstances of this verse is that Jesus, Jesus was invited and entertained in, 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 in many different places, including the homes of sinners and tax collectors. But this is a circumstance in which Jesus was invited to the home of a Pharisee. And what he saw, um, first of all, he saw that, that the people that were invited were, were kind of taking care to um, to find good seats, to find the seats of honor, um, to impress the, the guy that had invited them. And, and Jesus, he turns to this, this Pharisee, and he, he says, actually, um, it's, it's one thing to invite people because you want to impress, because um, you want to be part of, of a social circle so that you'll be invited back again, because you may be able to get some advantage from them because of networking, because of something else. Um, but that is not what hospitality is about. Jesus says, no, in- invite the people who can't repay you anything um, because then your reward is in heaven. So this is... This is not saying don't be friendly to your friends and your parents, but, but it is saying that in showing prospect, practical hospitality and inviting people, um, we should be looking out for those people who, are, um, who can't repay us, who are on the margin, who are poor and crippled and blind. Uh, not, not only in the, the physical sense, also in the spiritual sense. People are, are poor and blind and crippled. Let's take a look at uh, another um, passage that, that, that Jesus had to say, a little bit of a longer one, but let's read it through and, and take a look. Um, so in Matthew 25, talking about the end times, uh, Jesus said this, "'When the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will segregate, separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats.' When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as I did to to one of the least of my brothers, uh, uh, sorry, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. So that's one group. Uh, Then he goes on, um, and he says to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So to locate this, this is um, a a kind of intermediate judgment of Jesus at the beginning of the millennial kingdom in the end times. I'm not going to go into the the, the details of that. Um, That's not important. And it's important to understand from this, Jesus is not suggesting that we need to kind of clock up credits by, by going out and, and identifying um, people who are hungry and naked and, and so on um, and, and, and feeding them. Jesus is not saying you, you will not gain salvation unless you have done all of these things because the Bible is very clear that we are saved and we gain entrance into eternal life because Jesus has paid the price for our sin. We're saved by grace, not by works. So what is going on here then? If, if Jesus has these things to say. Um, I think here this is about um, a, a reflection of an internal change of those who are saved more than an external action that makes people saved. You'll notice both sets of people, both both the sheep and the, the goats, they're both surprised. Um, so the good guys, the, the sheep, They say, wait a minute, I don't remember serving the the, the hungry, the thirsty, the the poor, the lonely. And Jesus says, well, well, you did. Um, They obviously were going through life with an attitude of of heart, which was aligned with the Father, which was actually going out and serving in, in practical ways those people who really needed serving. And the other group, they actually say, well, hold on a minute. We, we don't remember seeing you hungry and naked and, and, and thirsty and so on. And they're also surprised. Now, it may have been that, that they, they never invited or helped anyone at all. But I, I suspect that it may have been, yes, they, they probably had a social life. They probably occasionally did things that they thought were, were good. But, but they didn't have eyes to see um, those who were really on the periphery and those who who really needed to be served. And I think what, what, what we're seeing here is a change in heart that when we align with the will of the Father, then we will serve, we will show generosity, love, and service in a way that is really meaningful and that is aligned with the Father's heart. So this is not saying you must do this in order to be saved. It is saying a characteristic of those that are saved that I saw from, from Jesus' point of view, it is these things. Um, so, hospitality is about serving the needs and the comfort of, of strangers, of outsiders. Let's take a look at another part of the Old Testament which tells us something about the heart of the Father. Um, so, we go to the Old Testament laws, Leviticus chapter 19. So, this is an Old Testament law that's applied to God's people in the Old Testament times. And... God said to them, "Um, when a foreigner resides among you, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as a native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So, this is an Old Testament law, but what we see here is a principle of of God saying, um, treat outsiders as if they're part of you. And if someone is treated as a native-born in a country, that usually means that they can share in and they have access to the resources and the rights of those people who reside in the country. So this is, this is, um, this is God saying, when, somebody, when we see strangers, we should, of course, love and serve them, but it even goes beyond include them. In, in our groups, in our church, include Um, strangers with with the rights and the resources which we have Isaiah 58 God says this is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen and and verse 7 is it not to share your food with the hungry to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood so this is the heart of the father just one extra thing to say, one caveat there, if, if we look at the whole of the Bible. So, in this world, often the devil takes things which are true and twists them so that they end up almost true, but not quite. And as I, as I talked about that last thing, it, it may have occurred to you that often in this world we, we hear about the term uh, inclusiveness, inclusivity. Um, of being inclusive, including others. And in itself, it's not a bad thing. I- in- including others is-, is much better than discrimination. But there is a difference between including others in, in our midst in God's kingdom and-, and what the world calls inclusiveness, in that everything we do points to Jesus and the cross and the need for Uh, repentance and forgiveness. In the world inclusiveness can often mean tolerating each other's sinfulness Uh, and that that kind of inclusiveness is a bit like having a kind of inclusive version of the Titanic Um, so obviously you you could be in the Titanic and and lots of people could be included but ultimately the, the Titanic is is going to sink and we know the way to get off and Ultimately, um, that kind of inclusiveness probably won't work anyway because we can only find unity in Christ. In in this church, we have a a lot of different people from a lot of different works of life and a lot of different parts of the world. And what is it that unifies us? It's the love of Christ. So hospitality, yes, it is about showing love and including strangers, but it is always about pointing people to God, to the cross, to Jesus, to the need for repentance. In fact, there is a a warning in in John 1. Uh, At the time when when John wrote John 1, um, there were some people going around who were misleading, who were basically saying Jesus didn't actually come, not in the flesh, he's a kind of concept or something, and was misleading people. And and John actually... It it seems like at that time when people went around different towns, they, they didn't just check into the Holiday Inn or something like that. There were no hotels. So they were looking for, like, hosting. And John says, don't do it. That's actually... He even describes it as a wicked thing. And, and that is because um, those people are directly rebelling. They are willingly sinning and they're willingly leading other people into sin. So we need to use some wisdom. Of course, we, we should always love and include sinners and we should point them to God. Um, but we should also take care not to um, have our, our view of what is... Um, showing loving hospitality twisted in a way that says it's about including people and and, and actually not, not pointing them to, to God. So, what is hospitality? Well it's about generosity, it's openness, it's to some extent vulnerability because um, by nature we, we don't know people who, who are strangers to us. Um, it's active and it's seeking, it's not passive. It's about Going beyond just kind of offering a, a bit of food to someone, it's including people in, in our uh, community. And we see in these verses some things about how our attitude should be. So the, the Bible directly says, do not grumble. Um, it, it may be that not everybody who we show our hospitality to actually shows thankfulness towards us and, and appreciation, but the Bible says, don't grumble. Um, don't look for reward. Um, it's, it's not about reward, so it's, it's about serving, it's not about impressing, it's not about being in the right social circles, it's not about enjoying entertainment together, it's not about getting fed or feeding ourselves, it's not about networking. Um, and what, one other thing it's, it's not about is is take care not to be too task oriented. In the Bible um, there's this story about Martha and Mary who invited Jesus and, and What happened there is that Mary spent time at the feet of Jesus. Martha was rather busy with some quite good things that needed to be organized for the day. But also take care about being task-oriented. And and just to highlight those things I mentioned, like enjoying our friends and being in social circles and things, I'm not saying those things are sinful or wrong. (laughs) Um, But I'm saying that Jesus is is asking us to, to go beyond that quick note when we receive hospitality as well. Um, so, so Jesus received hospitality from Pharisees. He received hospitality from the bottom of, at least, the religious society, from, from tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus said to the Pharisee, when you're invited somewhere, don't go around looking for the best place to sit, actually go and sit in the worst place to sit. He, he has some kind of practical advice. If you sit in the best place, then the host might say, oh, well, it's not your place and you'll be humiliated. Whereas if you sit in the worst place, you might actually be be sent somewhere else. But the point is, um, don't look to exalt ourselves. So if we have this attitude, where, where does this start from? Because like most aspects of following Christ, this is not something which I can do in my own strength. So, so if I make a, uh, still January, I could make a New Year's resolution to, to show Christian hospitality to people. Uh, if I try and do it in my own strength, I will end up grumbling. I will end up looking for reward. I will end up, um, like, getting tired, not, not, not doing what I need to do. This is not something which we can do in our own strength. So a good starting point is to remember where we are. I... And every one of you who's accepted Jesus Christ into our lives, we were wretched sinners. We were trying to live life our own way. We had no relationship with God. We were putting ourselves first, and we were destined for eternal separation from God. And Revelation 19, verse 9, tells us that those of us who've repented and and turned to Christ, we've got an invite to the party of the universe to the the biggest banquet ever we've got an invite to a thing a a banquet known as the the wedding feast of the lamb the lamb being the lamb who was slain, Jesus Christ we're invited and not only that this is a wedding feast and we collectively are the bride we're invited we've been given the status of children of God Uh, we, we have an inheritance in heaven so we we, who were weak, poor, vulnerable, hungry, spiritually and, and possibly physically, um, God, God in his grace has in, invited us to the banquet, the wedding feast of all of history, and after that to be part of his kingdom. That's radical hospitality. <laughs> that's, um, that's love. And it's good for us to, to reflect on that, of where we have come from and when we, when we come to share with us hospitality. In, in case you are, like, visiting, you, you, you've not taken the step of um, ac- accepting Jesus' forgiveness, talk to someone, think about it, don't, don't leave it, because um, this is an open invitation from God. He, he, you, you need to repent and you need to be saved. Um, and then God invites us into his kingdom And what happens then? So how do I have a heart that shows hospitality? Well, in in John 7, verse 38, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, um, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So if we we believe and follow Jesus, rivers of living water will flow from within us. We will have the Holy Spirit. And it's this spirit that enables us to show this kind of radical hospitality to, to the stranger, to those we don't know, to those in need. And to be uh, inclusive in a in a godly sense. So it's we we need to, to we need to appreciate where we are, we need to turn to, to, to Jesus, and we need to allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to let this living water flow from our lives. Just one word of caution um that that doesn't mean it's a good idea to to ask god to give us these things and then to to sit around and, and wait till god has given us enough of it before we go and start showing hospitality so jesus tells us to do this so that we can practice so that we can learn through doing um so we need to um we need to ask god to bless us with an deepening knowledge of the depth of his salvation for us. And at the same time, we need to actually go and do it, go and, go and show hospitality. And different, we're in different circumstances. So, so maybe, depending on your circumstance, you, you may have, have different things that you can, you can do. And you may feel like we live in a city of two, two and a half million people. Um, what can I do? Um, so, uh, there is a great example of how God multiplies our hospitality in, in Matthew's gospel. Actually, there's two examples. So, Ma- Matthew 14, Jesus preaches to a large crowd, and they get hungry, and Jesus says, let's feed them. In Matthew 14:17, the disciples say, oh, yeah, "Yeah, Jesus, there's, there's 5,000 people here, and we have five loaves of bread and two fish. So they, they probably, that was probably what they figured out they needed for, for a few disciples and Jesus. And they said, well, yeah, wait a minute, Jesus. How are we gonna do this? I can't do this. Um, and we all know what happens. So they, they, they give what they have and Jesus multiplies it. So it's not about the size and strength of what we have. It's about if we give what we have, in, 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 in a way of serving, in a way of God. God will multiply uh, what we have. So, so don't worry if you think, <laughs> I'm not outgoing, I'm, I'm not a great cook, I don't have a large apartment, um, whatever it is, don't worry because God can multiply what we have. So what are the benefits of hospitality? Um, one of the benefits of, of hospitality is that it allows us to use our blessing and, and to be blessed. So let, let's go to um, another passage of Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll put it on the screen. Maybe I, uh, I won't read through it, but I'll, I'll highlight some aspects of it. So this is kind of the deal when it comes to, to generosity. So verse 7 it says that each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Generosity is, is intentional. Uh, we, we should, it doesn't just happen by accident. We need to decide what to give. It's something that we do intentionally. Um, but then what happens? Verses 8 and 9 says that whatever we've decided to give... Um, God has all sufficiently, and he gives all good things that we can abound in every good work. He supplies seed to the sower. So whatever we've decided to give, God gives us what we need in order to to, to be generous. Verse 11, it says, you will be enriched in every way by God's goodness. Why? Are we enriched in every way so that we can store it all somewhere and enjoy it? No, we're enriched in every way to be generous in every way. So we, we, are, we are blessed in order to bless. God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation in order that you will bless the, the world, in, in, in other words. Um, and then he outlines some, some of the ways in which giving is a blessing. So first of all, it supplies the needs of the saints in a, in a practical way. Secondly, it causes thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving from us, that he blessed us with the ability to bless. Thanksgiving from those receiving. Um, It also gives us an opportunity to submit to Christ with what we have. The more we submit to Christ, the more we will align with our Father's heart, with our Father's will. So this is an opportunity to do so. And then um, it it causes people to, to, to pray for us. It says, uh, verse fourteen: They will long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace, not not just because you gave them something, um, but because they can see the grace of God in our lives. So this is the deal: we we need to think intentionally about how and where to give, but then God gives us what we need in order to give, and then as a result, um, people's needs are supplied. There is thanksgiving to God, which, which always helps us keep the right perspective. Um, we have the opportunity to, in a practical way, submit to Christ. And as a body of Christ, we, we come to pray for each other. So, what a wonderful thing. Proverbs 11 says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. In, in Malachi, um, God talks about proper giving, not, not just like giving a little bit of what we have and, and the kind of slightly blemished lamb and, and things like that. He says, bring the whole tithe of the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. So don't, don't mix this up with, with prosperity gospel. This is not saying um, we will benefit in, in lots of, of material ways. Um, but God's blessing goes well beyond that. Uh, There will be thanksgiving to God. There will be sanctification in our lives. There will be growth in fellowship and and in uh, the body of Christ. And that will be a blessing. What else? Um, Well, if if we have a a lifestyle of of offering hospitality, it helps us to um, foster selflessness. It helps us to avoid selfishness. Um, It it provides... if, If we regularly share, it provides people with a refuge to grow, to deal with sinfulness. Also, the more that we involve people in our, in our groups and in our, in our life, uh, the more we, we have a kind of accountability. Because it, it's one thing if, if we all kind of sit in our, in our little spaces and, and occasionally see each other, but it's another thing if we're, we're sharing with, with one another and with others, then people see who we really are, and it gives us a chance to be accountable um, and, and to grow in, in, in Christ. It, it aligns our will to, to God's. It enables us to grow in sanctification. Uh, and it, it makes God's will known. It, whether we're loving those within the body of Christ. Whether we're loving the world. Um, th- this, is, this kind of love is, is, is not something that you can get anywhere else. Other than through the Holy Spirit. Through these living waters. And it makes God known in the world. And I'll, I'll get to that in a, in a moment. So... What about hospitality um, first of all, it should be something that's intentional um, if if you would like to increase your heart of hospitality, ask God to take practical steps like like with all things um, it, it doesn't mean that that suddenly you you you, you kind of Suddenly, unless God gives you the strength, need to kind of invite people every single possible day of the week. Take steps in, in a direction and ask God to, to bless you. Um, and we should, we should look in our own lives, in our own friendship circles, in our own circumstances. Where are there outsiders? Where are there those who are hungry and weak and thirsty? But also as a church, it's really important for us as a church, even in a church, we, we can develop um, a church in which we include those who we know, that there are people who are kind of, we, we can even start looking at who, who is it important to know, to invite, to have friendship with, and we can miss those who are at the, at the peripheries of the church. Let, let's make sure as a church that we are extending hospitality to our guests, to people that are coming to the church. We, we have these things called hospitality groups in the church. Um, the, the, a lot of that is practical things. It's setting up chairs, it's making coffee, it's um, cleaning up afterwards, it's providing food and things. Um, but this is more than, than just these practical things. This is an opportunity every so often to exercise showing hospitality. And we, we, don't, we don't do this as a church because we're, we're some kind of cafe or coffee shop or something. Um, this is a, a, a practical way of including people who come to the church. So um, maybe sometimes serving in, in, in the church in hospitality, maybe it's, it's difficult, maybe it even involves some level of sacrifice because we need to come earlier, we need to leave later, something like that. But it's also a great way to, to train, like going to the gym. Um, it's a way to train and train together. And if you feel a little bit inadequate, then... Let's join our brothers and sisters in, in, uh, in serving together. And this is important. I don't know how, how many of you... Uh, let me ask a rhetorical question. How, how many of you would like to see God's kingdom grow and blossom in the world, and in, in Sweden and in Stockholm? How many of you would like to see in Sweden people showing up, saying, what is this? Turning to God, being saved. How many of you would like People to to look at at, at at Stockholm and say, it's amazing how how God has worked in this town, how people have turned to God. What do we do? Um, well, I guess well one thing is we, we can figure out how we can like make the message of, of God in a way that's relevant to a post-Christian twenty-first century society. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, but let's look what what the early church did. So just after. Um, Jesus left and and Pentecost. There, God's message was God's gospel was not known. Um, Society was full of false gods. Society was rather brutal. The the government was certainly not a nice democracy or something like that. It was hostile and there was hostility to to Christians. Um, But let's just look and reflect on what, what, what the early church did. So if we go to Acts chapter two, What did the early church do? All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as as they had need. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. So people shared. People shared food together. In this case, the sharing was quite radical. What did God do? What happened? God added to their number people who were saved every day. Um, So we we talked last week about, or Joe talked last week, about evangelism and sharing of of God's word. Uh, To me, these two things go together. Um, part Part of reaching the world for Christ is living for Christ, is living and sharing together as, as a body of Christ. And this is, this is how we will grow in Christ, but this is also how we will reach the city and the society around us. So let us, let us ponder these things. As I say, generosity is about thinking what to give and then God giving us what we need to, to give and to be generous. Um, and, and let us live as, as a body of Christ. Take practical steps. Um, join a hospitality group. If if, if you would like to know about hospitality groups, talk to someone in a hospitality group. Talk to Ai Ping, who's actually not here today, but but um, talk to her when she's here. Um, and let us let, let's let's grow to be a, a people who instinctively share and, and spread hospitality. Let, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you that. You, you you lead us and you, you tell us to follow you in ways that are good, that enable us to grow, to be sanctified in you, enable us to grow as your kingdom. And Lord, whatever we have or experience on earth, it's just a, a foreshadowing of, of eternity of, of your kingdom. Lord, I, I pray that you will, you will enable each of us to ponder on just... How generous you are with your your hospitality in inviting us to be part of your eternal kingdom, let us remember that um, those who we meet may be angels, but whatever let, let us Lord give us this this heart of, of the the sheep, um, those who instinctively give and share with those who are in need who are herf- thirsty hungry naked um, Lord let give us give us discernment to use our, our five loaves and our fish. Lord, thank you that you will multiply uh, whatever it is that we, we have to give. And Lord, I thank you that whatever we, we give, however we serve, Lord, that you give us amply all of the provision that we need and that you multiply the blessings of being part of your kingdom. So I, I, I pray for each of us now, Lord, give us a a new sense. Give us your, your Holy Spirit to, to go out and to, to show your, to, to just experience and, and have your living water flow from us to our brothers and sisters and to the rest of our city. And I pray that that will have a, a great impact on, on this place, on this uh, church, on this city, on this country, in this world, Lord. I, I pray. And I give you thanks for this morning and I, I pray in, in your name that you may continue to work in, in each and all of our hearts in your name amen Amen. so let's sing again